0: Welcome to the Magic Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Chapman. Monday, June 22nd. Home plug, everybody had a good. And of course, a very safe weekend. We're, what, about five weeks away from the return of NBA basketball. The conclusion of the regular season and the postseason. Possibly some play-in games uh, on campus out at Disney. And one man who has been all over um, the... the somewhat preposterous scale of this comeback attempt has been tim reynolds from the associated press he's on twitter at by tim reynolds uh and he's my guest today here on the magic weekly podcast tim how you doing hope everybody is doing well and safe in your world
1: um everybody is doing well and safe in my world thankfully um and there's nothing somewhat preposterous about it. It's it's all fully preposterous. There's there's no there's no somewhat to this whatsoever. This is we are in the theater of the absurd phase, and we haven't even gotten to Disney yet. So, but it's uh, it has been interesting. We know that.
0: Interesting is certainly one word for it. Preposterous is the word that Brian Windhorst used a couple days ago to describe it. And and really, let's just start there. Take a step back and just appreciate the scale of what Adam Silver in the league is trying to accomplish here. Um, and look, Adam has said numerous times, he said, um, we're going to go by data and not dates. And obviously, there's still a lot of questions to be answered in the next five weeks or so. We'll get into some of those issues. But Tim, just take a step back and just, and just attempt to appreciate the scale. It is. It's it's absolutely mind blowing, isn't it?
1: Well, I mean, considering that on March 11th, none of us. I mean, I, I think at that point we knew that there was going to be a positive test, and at that, I remember walking out and Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. The, the Heat were home that night. They played Charlotte. Charlotte beat them. I don't remember the score. I don't remember anything about that game, right? Because it's completely, it's the most irrelevant game I've covered in 17 years in this league. And I'm walking out of the press room and Rick Bennell is finishing up and he said to me, How long do you think? And I'm like, Two weeks, two weeks, they'll have this figured out. I, mean, I I honestly, that's what I thought that night. And here we are, three and a half months, and we're really just starting to figure it out. It's, I mean, I, I don't, there are elements of the 22 team plan that I don't like and we all can nitpick with, you know, do we like this part? Do we not like this part? I, I get it. The fact that they got these teams and these players to agree on anything this unprecedented is is crazy to me. It, it, it really is. And y- you do have to give them credit. Look, I, I, like I said, there's things I don't like. There's things I think are really going to be cool. I, I do believe the bubble will work if everybody respects the sanctity of it i don't know if that will be the case um but i i just there is no playbook for this there's no pandemic for dummies anywhere and and you have to give not just the nba i spread the credit around give it to give it to the pga give it to the women's soccer league that's going to start up this weekend in utah get a restart this weekend in utah give it to mls give it to you know what the nhl is doing Everybody's yeah, I mean, finding a way. That,
0: that's very well put. Um, everybody's just sort of making do with what with what they have in front of them right now. And um, like you said, there's no playbook. There's also no collective bargaining agreement that was set up uh, for a global pandemic. And so, yeah, top to bottom, soup to nuts. Um, this whole thing is new and unprecedented. You mentioned, because I, I think it's a great point that you can go through. And, you know, there, there, there were some... Um, some people had questions about 22 teams and what the numbers should have been, whether or not you're going to finish the regular season, the aspect of the play in games. Um, I think some people look at, and they say, well, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different, but when you think about all the things that were rumored and all the different sort of really off the wall ideas that were bandied about, did you think Tim, they struck the right balance between, um, I guess novelty and, and honoring the regular season, uh, making sure that it. In, in you know, I'll use the word again in an unprecedented situation. There is still a sense that this is the conclusion of the 1920 basketball season. Did you like sort of where they came down on everything, um, you know, avoiding the um, the round robin style tournament and things like that, but uh, but still being creative, I guess
1: yeah i first off, I think we're using unprecedented so much that it's it's now precedented the right. The amount of the amount of exactly. unprecedented we're all using is <laughs> unprecedented, but honestly, it is the right word. So what else are we supposed to do? You know, like I said, there's things I don't like. um I really don't like the fact that if Orlando finishes four games ahead of Washington, that Washington can make up four games by going two and zero in a play in series. like I, I don't like that part of it i I don't like how. It's 13 teams and nine. I understand the methodology. Everybody within six games of the playoff spot gets to go, and that meant 13 from the West and nine from the East. I don't know how you're going to accommodate for strength of schedule. The Magic would have had a slew of games against teams that were at the bottom of the league. So would of Miami. Um, they're not going to play those games now, and that means – if Orlando had eyes on moving up, the, the the job will be tougher for them. If Miami had eyes on moving up out of four, maybe to three or just trying to hang on to four, that's going to be tougher for them. Um, having said all that, I think we're nitpicking a, a lot of ways. I mean, I, I didn't like the idea of the round robin, although I will say this. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. It was one of the Portland guards who I think just threw it out as an idea saying we should have played an NCAA tournament. I was all in on that. I was all in, on on just bringing sixteen teams there. Let's go, win and move on. One game each. I mean, the ratings. It would It would have been. I mean, it, it. It. We we would have had a champion other than the Lakers or the Bucks. I mean, somebody would have gotten hot for those two weeks that it would have taken, and that would have been it. I, I mm-hmm. think we would have had a very uh, an unusual, an unusual champion and a need for an asterisk for certain. But the ratings would have been like $7 billion for for all of those games. So I do think they hit the right balance, Jake. I do. Like I said, we're nitpicking on some of the details, but you have to play some regular season games. You have to give guys some ability to get ready for the playoffs. And I do like, if you're going to do the full playoffs, do the full playoffs. I didn't want to see a best three and then a best of five and a best of seven finals. Let's protect the rules of the playoffs as much as we can. I do like that element, that everything's going to be a best of seven if you're going to go about it this way.
0: Yeah, you use the word asterisk, and I do think that there's – I think it's a great point about protecting the playoffs. If you're going to come all this way and if we're going to do this thing, let's do it properly because, um, you know, no matter what, everybody's going to look back on this season and say, yeah, that was a very unique season. But I do think kind of um, mitigating that as much as possible – um, diminishing that asterisk as much as you possibly can. Um, I think people like you and I, you know, we're going to appreciate that all things considered and certainly whatever team and their fan base wins the championship this year. Um, they deserve for that to count as much as anybody else's does.
1: Well, let me just say this about the asterisk and uh, let's be real clear on this right now. If, if we get, and I say if, because I think it is a big capital I capital F if right now. Hmm. If they get to an NBA finals and if we have a champion crowned, no asterisk, there, there's no need for an asterisk. I I, I believe this in, in, in all sincerity, the team that wins this, will there be some luck involved? Absolutely. Is this a year where we're going to see a five seed and a six seed in the NBA finals? Wouldn't shock me. Honestly, it wouldn't because we don't know what anybody's going to look like when we get to Disney. But the team that wins this doesn't deserve that asterisk because this is going to be the hardest of all the NBA titles to win. It really is. What you've gone through this year, it's unparalleled. See, I didn't say unprecedented there. I come up with a new one. I found unparalleled. We're, we're going to keep coming up with other unwords <laughs> a throughout a this. Writer show.
0: and a radio guy. I mean, yeah, it guy, just, it know, just you know, I came to me.
1: I, it's I probably can't spell unparalleled. I know I would spell it with one L instead of two there, but. I I don't I mean I think the 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 team that wins this thing you you give a champion ultimate respect but this year's champion if if like I said if if Adam if Adam Silver hands Larry O'Brien to somebody ultimate ultimate respect to that team because they've gone through more than any team in NBA history to get that title.
0: You've done an outstanding job of detailing, um, the, you know, the safety protocols and and who the league are talking to, the epidemiologists and the science behind all this. And I want to get into that in a minute. But you mentioned a 5-6 seed in the in the NBA Finals. And I keep thinking about, you know, teams like the Heat, uh, who you know intimately, and, and jump shooting teams, are they going to have issues as they come back? Are teams like, uh, you know, Houston, who is kind of an offense, just hand Harden or Westbrook the ball and go get... Uh, you know, eighty points combined. Are they going to have be an advantage? Um, because I think early on, probably, especially those last games of the regular season, it's going to be pretty sloppy basketball. How do you see? How do you see the basketball looking? And are there any sort of, I, I guess, types or styles that you think may lend themselves a little bit better to this unparalleled situation?
1: I, I think a guy like Giannis, who does most of his damage at the rim. I, I think a guy like that is going to be able to, to score pretty easily. Mm. A guy like James Harden, who does not do damage at the rim, and all of his is, you know, so much of what they do is threes. I think it's going to take the Rockets some time. And I think mm-hmm. everybody else, I mean, it, it, there, there's varying degrees of, of all of this. The, you know, LeBron can play... However, whatever, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I, I, I'm the, the teams that rely exclusively or almost exclusively, I should say, nobody exclusive, but, you know, teams rely on it more than others. The teams that rely on spacing, the teams that rely on flow, the teams that rely on three-point shooting, Miami comes to mind as one of those teams. It's going to be really hard, guys. to get. To, it's going to be really hard, Jake, to get into that rhythm. Yeah. I, I'll give you a great example. The, the team that I thought on March 11th, when we shut it down, the team that I thought was playing the best basketball in the league by far was the Los Angeles Clippers. It took them October, November, December, January, February, March, took, what, five, six months, five months right. to look like the Clippers that we all thought they'd be on that night in July when they got, when they got Kawhi and they got Paul George. It took them five months to get there. And now, after four and a half months off that it will be before they play for real, they're going to be asked to look like the Clippers again in a matter of weeks. It's going to be really, really hard to do for these teams. And I I don't know if it favors one team over another. I do think the team that has stayed in the best shape or gotten into the best shape again quickly, a team that has just tough-minded individuals, a, a team that has an ability to adapt and change on the fly, because I, I would expect that everybody's going to lose somebody either to injury or to COVID during this thing. Mm. You're, you're gonna, you need depth. You need a coaching staff that can think a bunch of different ways. You need a coaching staff that's willing to adapt. I mean, like I said, it's going to be the toughest championship to win because some team, every team's, all 22 teams are going to go there with 15 or 17 guys. And nobody's going to have them all by the time it's over. Nobody. And and big names, it's very possible, Jake. There, there's no no rule that says the virus isn't going to find a big-name guy. There's no rule that says that. So it's. I just keep repeating myself, man. It's going to be the hardest championship to win. And those first few games that we see starting on July 30th, the ratings are going to be enormous. But the basketball is going to be terrible. I really think it is. It's going to take. <laughs> no, it's gonna. Right. It's gonna take time. It's not going to be preseason level bad, but it's going to be close.
0: Well, and the interesting thing is, I, I'm like, just think of you. You mentioned the Clippers and how it takes five, six months, especially for a team that. Um, had so much change in the offseason to really put it together. But also, you know, some of that is by design, right? And whether or not you're talking about load management, um, the focus is always post-All-Star break is when, you know, everything is going to codify, and that's not unique to the Clippers. Um, The idea of just um, a a, a player's body, regardless of what kind of shape they've been able to keep themselves in, going from zero to 60, right, that fast. I mean, obviously, um, that's going to be an injury concern, sort of across the board, but I just think about players' rhythm and the fact that everything is sort of a moving forward. During the regular season, you are moving forward with a set date in mind uh, of when you need to be peaking basketball-wise and and even health-wise, and now all of that is thrown out of the window. So individually and uh, from a team perspective, um, obviously there's nothing really to go off of, and and none of this is going to look similar, but Um, the idea of coming back, playing a couple regular season games, and then that intensity of playoff basketball, I mean, that's going to be a huge concern for front offices and players alike.
1: And, and like I said, there's no playbook for this. I mean, usually you go into a season, you've had a month of training camp. What's it like five preseason games. Now guys have been together in the facility for a month. They've been playing five on five, right? They've been getting together early in the morning. They've been together late at night. Whatever they want to do, whatever your team's deal is, that's what they do. None of that really exists now. I mean, I know we've all been hearing little rumors. You know, this team's getting together. That team's getting together. But the fact is, nobody has been all together. Not really. And, And you can't simulate, even if you have 10 NBA guys on a court going five on five at some private gym somewhere, you can't simulate an NBA game. Even with NBA players, you, you can't do it. And we're not talking about starting a season and then getting through, you know, the blahs of November and then getting right. through your 17 games in December schedule and three days off at Christmas and all that stuff. We're talking about coming back, throwing the balls in the air, playing eight games. Most of what most of them aren't going to count for the teams involved. I mean, the Lakers are what one or two games away from wrapping up the one. The Bucks are one or two games away from wrapping up the one. Some of the teams in the West are going to fall out of contention real fast. The, the the Davis Bertons thing in Washington that came out, he's not playing. Are the Wizards really going to be a factor to catch, you know, to shave a game and a half off, off that gap with the Magic and try to get into a play-in? A lot of these games aren't going to matter a whole lot. So coaches are going to find themselves in that ultimate between rock and a hard place deal. Well, I got to play my guys to get them ready for the playoffs because the playoffs are going to start in about five minutes. But this game means nothing, and I don't want to get my guys hurt. You're going to see some really – you're going to see some bizarre lineups. You're going to see some bizarre decisions. And you're going to see a lot of these 88 games that they're supposed to play before the playoffs start, a lot of those games are going to have one team where it means everything and one team where it means absolutely nothing. And that is always just delightful to watch, delightful basketball to watch. When one team has their season on the line, the other team is playing for absolutely nothing. It's going to be awful in so many.
0: That's ways. a fascinating point, though. I mean, the, the idea of I got five games to get my guys ready for the postseason, but Lord knows they are not in the best shape. They're um, they could be in right now, and a, so. and a
1: compressed postseason. Don't forget that part. Right. I mean, look. I think you know the the Heat Dwayne's first year, and so oh the 4 playoffs. I think the first round series that year between Miami and New Orleans, took like 18 days. I mean, we all know how the schedule works now. The the one seeds and the two seeds, they would have played on Saturday or Sunday that first weekend of the playoffs, and they would have played Monday or Tuesday. Then they would have been off again until Saturday right? because that's what national TV wanted. This year, every other day, they're going every other day in the playoffs. And there's going to be, the way I understand it, there's going to be like at least one back-to-back for everybody in the seeding games because you got to get a lot of games in in a short amount of time. They're not planning on back-to-backs in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be necessary, but you're going to play every other day. If LeBron turns an ankle, if Giannis turns an ankle, you're looking at, in in a conventional playoff, might have been a game or two. Now, if a guy misses a week, he misses four games. You lose those four Mm -hmm. games, your season's done. So it's, and, and there's nothing you can do. There's, no matter what people say, there's nothing you can do about I'm going to arrest a guy because I don't want to get him hurt. Guys want to play. Injuries are going to happen. So no matter what the coach does, he's damned if he does, and he's damned if he doesn't. Yeah. But you're going to see some crazy stuff, man, I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, and, and and the timing of the games too. I mean, there's no West Coast time zone now either. So, And we don't have anything official on that, but um, you talk about your body clock. I, I think players' bodies, especially somebody like LeBron – it's used to going really hard uh, from, what, August to June, basically. And then it's used to having those two months up. Well, you know, somebody like LeBron is, is used to playing every night at 7 o'clock or 7.30. And I'm not sure how the scheduling is going to go, but all of those things um, are going to weigh into just, you know, I guess a, a, a discomfort and, and sort of an odd situation um, as you're trying to figure out how to stay healthy and how to uh, gun for that championship. You mentioned Davis Bertans. Reportedly, he will not join the Washington Wizards. Um, he is obviously in a unique situation. He's 28 years old, could win the most improved player, um, had a breakout season, but he's got two ACL injuries in the past. I think probably if his team uh, were a top four seed in the Eastern Conference, it'd be a little bit tougher a decision for him to make. Do you expect to see more decisions like this? in the next couple of weeks tim or, or or is it kind of the perfect storm with Bretons?
1: oh no i i think we're going to see more i think we're going to see guys opt out for family reasons i think we're going to see guys opt out because they don't want to be separated from their families for 2 months before they can come to disney we're going to see guys test positive i mean we just are there's no way the league's going to go 1000 and 0 on positive tests that's not going to happen um we're going to see we're we're going to see this And and you have to kind of applaud the fact that the NBA and the players association and and Michelle Roberts told me this last week, the executive director of, of the union, she said that this wasn't new. Like this was one of the early things that the NBA and the union decided, like if a guy doesn't want to play, he doesn't have to cool. Okay. I mean, that was it. I mean, it was basically he won't get paid, but. We're not going to shame a guy. We're not going to discipline a guy. We're not going to suspend a guy. It's not going to carry over. Nothing like that. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't have to. The financial element is real, but that's, that's it. I think it's very cool that the NBA and the union struck that agreement very, very quickly and, and came up with the contingencies for excused players and protected players and things of that nature. It, it speaks to why you have to have a good relationship between your ownership, your union, your league, your commissioner, and your players. And, and those people, I mean, it just, it's, it's been a very symbiotic deal. And now you're seeing the benefits of that, that even in these crazy times, the talks between the league and the players, they weren't contentious. I i, I don't blame Bertans. I don't think anybody does. No. And, and and the Wizards are too, they're an unusual case in that. It's never really been about this year for them. I mean, they, they, if they get in the great, if they, you know, they're not going to say no, but you know, they get John Wall back next year. They're, that's what they're looking at. So I, I don't blame Bertans from that reason because he's not really hurting the franchise's stated goals. And if Washington intends on keeping him, which I would assume they're gonna try at the at minimum, it behooves them to not make a guy play who doesn't want to play or doesn't feel safe playing. That that's that's a way to strengthen a relationship too. So like I said, it's another example, Jake, of there's no rule book for this. And teams are gonna make up the rules as they go. And if the Wizards saw fit to say, you know what? You don't want to play? More than cool with us. I don't know if it's going to help them keep them or not, but it probably won't hurt their chances.
0: You mentioned the union. When you look around, you don't have to look very far to find how uh, labor strife can, can really throw up. Pun intended. Curveball into negotiations. Baseball. Cough, cough. Baseball. Cough, cough. Baseball. Cough, cough. Well done, right? <laughs> uh, the the relationship between Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts, like it, it, I don't think it can be understated how important it is um, that they are on the same page through all of this. And you know, we keep going back to the scale of what they're trying to accomplish. Very quickly, they were able to hammer out some huge details, um, like the one we just talked about—that it's a player's choice whether or not he wants to resume the season that elsewhere, I'm not sure it would have been as easy to figure these things out. I mean, how, how understated or underreported, I guess, has it been um, the strength of that relationship and how important it's been to getting all this done?
1: Yeah. The way it's been explained to me, and this is not the first time, but it was explained to me again, this way. And it it was explained to me similarly when they got the last CBA done. And someone told me this in the last week or two, Adam and Michelle, They know how to fight. They do fight. I mean, don't let anybody tell you differently. They disagree on stuff, but they know how to fight. And, and they, there's such a respect there that when they realize that they're diabolically opposed on certain issues, which I don't think happens that often that it gets to that point. They just, they just figure out a way to, okay, you win a little, I win a little. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the, the maturity that those two individuals have. That's the, that's the thing that can't be understated. It, they they get along. There's a respect there. Adam's representing one side. Michelle's representing the other. They're both really, really smart people, by the way. I mean, just phenomenally smart people. I, I think they bring, I, I think it's almost, I, I, gosh, I don't want to say this word, it's almost like a nobility to it. Like mm. they're going to fight the right way. And, and you got to respect that. And you know, hockey, hockey got, got pretty well along in its, you know, in its plan, they hockey got that done pretty quickly. And there's been a lot, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of problems, has been a ton of problems. I mean, we all know that between, you know, hockey's leadership and its players, the situation with baseball is better left alone. Probably for us. Um, I just think give give the teams give the teams a lot of credit but at Adam and Michelle and, and Adam by the way, it, it, Adam gets a lot of credit because he's out front and Michelle doesn't like being out front. Michelle's not out there. Michelle's not holding news conferences very often. She's even tough kind of to get a hold of. Give Give her a lot of credit for the way that she has represented her guys so well and understands that the league has business needs to tend to, but as long as the safety and security of, of the NBA players are met, she'll play ball. And she's, I I think she is a, she's a person that does not get enough credit both for where the league was before March 11th and and where, if we get to July 30th, where they're going to be again.
0: I think that's a great point. Um, And and I think it kind of speaks to the nature of the job, right? Like a, a really good effective union steward is not out in, in, in front typically. I mean, they're they're the ones getting the the negotiations done and um, people don't want to hear about the back and forth. They just want to hear about their basketball coming back and uh, both the league and certainly the union has done a great job so far. How much more work is there to be done? Like how much, how far along in your estimate are they as far as hammering it all uh, all the details here? We know, you know, uh, uh, a safety protocol document is 100 plus pages, and, and that's just necessary for all of this. Do you get the sense that they're pretty close to hammering all the all the details out?
1: I, I think for the most part they are. I mean, as we as we sit here right now, they're they're meeting again this week. Um, of course, there's another little matter that's complicating things, and that's where we are socially in this country right now, and. So on top of a pandemic, on top of figuring out how it's going to work for broadcast partners like like ESPN and Turner, and how it's going to work for Turner at a Disney-owned facility, and I, I, if that wasn't enough, now we have something that touches all of us. and And, and, and the league and the union simultaneously holding discussions on how force majeure is going to work, how much money players are going to end up losing, what accommodations are going to be made to the schedule next year, how salary caps are going to work in the future, how this calculation is going to be changed, how that calculation is going to be changed. And now they're talking about how the league can use its platform, which I think is an overused word, but it's the only one I can think of, to tell the world this is what the NBA wants to see happen in society in response to recent events. The, the NBA is, it, it's not, not just what LeBron wants. It's not just what Kyrie wants and you're never going to get 450 players and 30 owners and one commissioner and you are never gonna get everybody to agree on everything, but now they're working on that as well. So with just when they thought they were kind of over the hump on getting enough done so we could get to Disney. Now they've got this project too. and And I think those are taking up a lot of the meetings right now. I mean, we don't, I mean, as as we're sitting here taping it right now, Jake, we don't have the opponents. We don't have the schedule. They're almost there as we're taping it. But the reason why we don't have those details is because they're working really hard on not just what are we going to say about the need for social change? What actions are we going to take? It's not just going to be words this time. It's not going to be T-shirts with I can't breathe. It's just not going to be that. It's going to be actions. And. People, people that I trust, what they're telling me, if all goes to plan, these actions are going to be significant. And then that's another that's we talk about understated and unprecedented in these times. The meetings on that right now, I think, are foremost ahead of getting the the eyes dotted and the T's crossed on on the protocols to get to Disney.
0: Well, I think that's good news. I mean, because I uh, across the league, you know, and there have been some reports of it, but you know that it, uh, this is the first and foremost thing on a majority of the players' minds. George Hill, I think it was a week or two ago, said basketball's the last thing on my mind right now, and I'm sure he's not alone um, in that thought process. But uh, with that said, I think I, you know it, it's tricky because you don't want to, to take any attention away from the change that needs to happen. But I also understand the argument Um, that getting out there and playing and, and really, um, you know, using um, your resources to, to execute, to push forward change. um, It's probably best. And it's probably what makes everybody, um, I guess what pacifies everybody more so than anything else, but um, certainly, you know, you, you don't discount anybody's concerns um, of it becoming a distraction and us just moving on and getting back to normal. And then, Uh, crap like we saw keeps on happening. Before I let you go, Tim, it's uh, at by Tim Reynolds on Twitter. You've done a phenomenal job for the Associated Press, Tim, of reporting on all the science behind all this. You tweeted about an hour ago about Yale researchers and the NBA and the union um, uh, studying the efficacy of a saliva-based method that quickly determines if someone has the coronavirus. I'm reading about rings that will be monitoring uh, players' heart rates uh, potentially and – Um, And their temperature, obviously, trying to give you a sense uh, early on if you potentially have coronavirus. The science behind all of this, Tim, I know it's something I'm sure it's something that you didn't need to to learn anything about. Uh, You just have it all in the back of your mind. But uh, some of this stuff is mind blowing. How fun has it been for you to kind of dig in a little bit?
1: Yeah. Again, I don't know if fun's the word. I don't know if I'd go with that one. I'm I'm kind of like one level above functioning idiot sometimes. So I don't know if this has been real fun to try to learn on the fly. Um, the, the science has been fascinating. It, it absolutely has. The, the There was an antibody study that the NBA basically told its teams, look, it's the Mayo Clinic. We're doing this. Um, the saliva test that you just talked about. That's Yale and and Yale researchers. And by the way, if I understand this correctly, and I may not have this fully right, but I think I do. So I'm going to go with it. They're not looking to market this thing. They just want to present the research to people Mm -hmm. and say, look, a saliva test, in theory, you could do it at home. Send it out and get your answer back really, really fast. That would eliminate the need for just think of the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of pieces of PPE that have had to be used by people doing the swabs. They're not reusing those gloves. That's one use only stuff. Think of all those pieces of PPE that we're going to save if we get to a saliva test, the costs that are involved. As I understand it, the cost, the initial cost of testing once we get to Disney is going to be somewhere between 150 and 150 bucks per test. Mm. We're talking about more than a thousand people in the bubble. We're talking about doing that daily. We're talking about a million dollars a week for testing. Think about how easy it could be. The the NBA, they look at it as yes, we want to reduce costs. We're a business. Yes. We want to get our results right away. We need to know who's sick and who isn't. We didn't. We need to know who who can play and who can't. But think about how much easier it's going to be. You take all the. You get the NBA involved in this data. It gives researchers a fair amount. It's going to be a large number of people in the bubble. I, I, I don't know how many guys are going to opt into wearing the ring. I know there's a lot of back and forth and controversy. Like don't track me, blah 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 about that. Right. I don't see any reason why guy. I mean, this is literally going to involve taking some drops of saliva, in a tube. I don't see anybody that's going to say, no, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm all for it. I'm also all for not getting that swab up my nose too terribly often while I'm up there. I tell you that much. So anything anything that can relieve me of that, I'm kind of all for. But you're right. Broadly, the science has been fascinating. And, And there are some people at the NBA who you've never heard of. Like Adam will get a lot of credit. When Adam does speak about what's gone on, he's going to say a bunch of names of a bunch of people at the NBA. You probably haven't heard of them. Brilliant, brilliant people have immersed themselves in this and have taken three and a half months of their lives working seven days a week and said, this is gonna This is the way out. This is what we have to do again. I, I just so many people involved in this thing to get us to this point. Like I said, It's silly for me to sit here and say, I don't like the play in because this is just so much bigger than, than one or two elements. This is so much bigger than basketball, as the players like to say, the NBA is trying to promote change in science, trying to promote change in society. And if we happen to crown a champion while we're up there, why not?
0: It's very well put. And, and certainly when you step back, I think uh, people like you and I appreciate uh, the leadership of the league and uh, and the leadership of the players, um, both in the union and and just across the board. it's um, It's been a crazy couple of months, and we are nowhere near the end of it just yet. Um, but they've done a phenomenal job of, of prioritizing everybody's safety, um, but also trying to move forward and, and wrap this thing up. And you've done a phenomenal job of covering all of this, because some of this stuff is mind-blowing, like you said, uh, the science is, uh, way beyond, uh, I would think a sports writer and a dopey sports radio guy, but, uh, we gave it a crack and hopefully Tim, uh, I don't think I'll be seeing you, but hopefully we'll be able to chat again, uh, potentially while you're up here, uh, and moving forward throughout the season. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it.
1: Anytime, man. Anything for you. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. There he is. Tim Reynolds, follow him on Twitter. Make sure you do read all of his stuff in the associated press and on Twitter. It's at by tim reynolds my name is jake chapman i'm on twitter as well as at jake chapman om this has been magic weekly we'll be back next week with another edition have a very great and a very safe week everybody